0: Good people and fellow students, welcome to another episode of All That Yaz, yes, a space for performance, craft, and showbiz, where reviews and interviews will be flowing from music, film, content, and All That yes. So... I have been waiting for this rain to subside and it just doesn't want to quit so I've decided to continue with the recording so if you're hearing rain in the background I do apologize I tried but we are back with a roundup our first actual roundup in quite a bit of time and I'm really excited about this because there's quite a lot of stuff which I'm really really excited about to talk about and there's been a lot of great music great content that has been coming out which we will be covering within the next couple of weeks so do strap in this week we do have a couple of reviews as well as an interview with Tron Pyre about his latest single Radisson which will be found at the end of the episode but if you are a fan of R&B, if you're a fan of alternative pop, if you're a fan of South African film this is actually going to be an interesting episode because we're going to be covering basically a lot of that within this episode and yeah I'm really excited to be back. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you do enjoy this episode of All That Yes. I may be a little bit rusty because I've not been here for close to a month so if I am a bit rusty do forgive me and if you're new do check out the previous episodes for a lot more um, reviews and great interviews surrounding South Africa's entertainment ecosystem and entertainment industry and yeah strap in for another episode where we go through all that jazz on all that jazz let's go and we are on the radar so on the radar is a segment where we talk about recently released or upcoming content whether that be music film or anything else within the entertainment space and this week we'll be looking at a film by the name of umakoti wetu uh, from Showmax, as well as people's letters and a few other upcoming releases which we'll be mentioning so we're going to as usual start with the film and then get to the music So within the last week showmax has released a pair of original south african films with goodbye gogo and umakoti wetu i have yet to watch goodbye gogo so i will not comment on it but umakoti wetu that film stands as one of the better south african films i've seen this year
1: The positive pregnancy test must have been a alarm.
0: Using Showmax's own words, Umakotiweetu is a film that highlights the complexities of polygamous marriages and the unexpected situations the union comes with. And you know what? That just might be one of the best non-spoilery descriptions I can think of but I'm going to have to give light spoilers to explain why I rate this film highly so you have been warned. Umakoti Wetu revolves around Katu and Siswe's marriage who are played by Fulu Mugovane and Mulusi Mbele, respectively. Now Katu and Siswe have been married for four years and live in Johannesburg. Siswe is this highly successful doctor whilst Katu has become a homemaker since getting married. Despite consistently trying Katu has failed to get pregnant and within their relationship they now have this unbalanced power dynamic with which Siswe continuously makes decisions without consulting or seeing how his decisions affect Katu expecting her to compromise and advance. Adapt as his wife in the process starts off with very uh, minor things like him having invited his boys over for brian only telling her mere hours before it's happening expecting her to be prepared for it but at this brian she finds out through his friends that he's accepted a permanent job back home in KZN with an expected move happening sooner or not I means soon like this very week put a pin in that now katu's social circle is all based in gauteng not only that her mother in law is the archetypal mother-in-law from hell she has no incentive to go to KZN whatsoever. Somehow, Siswe convinces slash strong-arms her to approve her life and move to KZN with him, but she only has one request, and that is and thats that his mother doesn't live with them. So would you guess who is waiting for them at their house in KZN when they get there? His mom and she's ready to terrorize Katu for not being a good traditional wife. This is all standard stuff, we haven't gotten into the compelling drama yet. Now we're back in KZN, Siswe being this doctor makes him a very beloved Manikai. Through some parental shenanigans, he reconnects with his childhood friend Nobutle played by Kwanelem Twetwa and it's immediately clear that he still has the hearts for her. They have this really, really comfortable and knowing energy together. So certified lover boy tries laying the charm, but Nobutle isn't feeling him like that. She likes him only as a friend. So instead of respecting her boundaries and taking her plea for friendship, Mans decides that her consent is a myth and approaches her parents to pay lobola, which they accept. Not only that, Nobutle's parents insist that she moves in with him so that by the time the traditional wedding occurs, they've had enough time to properly reconnect. So if we're keeping score right, Caesar's first wife Katia, is unhappily in Durban and unaware of Caesar's potential second wife, and the second wife wants nothing to do with this marriage, but her lobola has already been paid for. It really. Seems Seems that the only person here having his cake and eating it too is Sizwe. To throw another spanner in the works, there is a fact that I have forgotten to mention. Nobutle is lesbian, and her parents know. Sizwe doesn't know, but her parents know. They force this arrangement to maintain their family's respectability against Nobutle's will. And the movie then follows Nobutle and Katu's journey in having to overcome their husband's decisions, and in the process form an unlikely friendship as they try to figure out how to help Nobutle escape the arrangement before the official marriage. That is the extended premise of the film. There are a lot of things that I really like about Umakoti Wetu. The acting and chemistry portrayed by the core three characters was really good. Fulu and Kornele really came to play with the story, and although Lucy's character but like it was written almost two-toned between charm and different levels of domineering he serviced it well. The dialogue in this film really might be amongst my favorite I've read recently in a South African film there was a good level of subtext afforded here that I'm always not used to seeing and I found that really refreshing. The premise and how it incorporates and gradually centers queerness in an orthodox way is really though what grabbed me. From the moment Nobushle enters the story and we're aware of her queerness the character dynamics completely shift and so does the type of drama it tries to play against and in doing so umakoti feels like it's playing in uncharted territory not just because it's a queer story but its premise attempts to incorporate a very liberal thread into very traditional conservative south african systems and there are only a few countries i can think of that have the ability to produce such a movie for the mainstream to begin with so it's incredibly gratifying to see such developments being made that explore more off-center stories within well-known surroundings i do wish it was slightly longer by like five to ten minutes as I feel there were some story elements that weren't fully serviced and for me it would have been really interesting to understand more of Caesar's perspective once Katu and Nobutlet's friendship had solidified but all in all I thought this was a really well told drama and I can see myself revisiting again. If what I said resonated with you be sure to check out Umakoti to and Show, Max and let me know what you think um, and before I get to the music I have not finished watching Blood and Water Season 2, which is why I will not be talking about it in this episode. At point of recording, I'm only about I've just finished Episode 2, so I don't think I have enough to kind of give a good rapport on. Now onto the music, there are a lot of songs and projects that are dropping or have dropped and I'm not equipped to cover them all or even know all of them. If you follow Aries online, I'm sure they'll have you covered from a hip hop and R&B perspective. But one of the things that I'm really excited to hear in this coming weekend is Muzi's Enter Tech. I've been a fan of this new era with Fool's Love being one of my favorite songs to have come out in the second half of the year. Um, other releases which I'm excited to hear about is DJ Savage releasing his first song of his new project called Polo, Lucas Raps' official debut, 031 to the World, comes out as well as Michaela Jones' new project and Lord Cares. There's a lot to kind of get into this weekend. But for today, we're going to be previewing a brand new release from one of Pretoria's sirens of R&B. It's PeeWool featuring Doshi with (laughs) Kwon.
1: first life, cause that's when you realize, and nothing's the same as love, she has taken.
0: Coming in at 19 minutes over five tracks, Lettuce feels like a solid introduction into what Piwo wants as the core of her sound. It's this mix of club and B, and esque with very neo soul and sometimes even like bossanova jazz feels like that's creeping in in the back. It was originally introduced in numbers but it feels a little bit more pronounced here so sonically this is something which is kind of showing us the type of direction that Piwo wants to go and then textually it's something which really just explores her different facets and ways that she's dealt with relationships across different relationships within her life I will not lie on my first two lessons of it I was quite neutral but it has gradually been growing on me Because as I've had about a week to listen to it no mistakes is definitely my favorite song followed by call me and we get into the entire EP in our next episode which is an interview with Pio about not only the making of this album but how she navigated and got into the music industry so if you're interested to learn about Her story, if you're a fan of her music, there's definitely that to look forward to. But for now, P has gone through the effort of writing us a couple of letters, and I do implore you to go and listen to it. And here's just a little bit more of a taste. Give me time to
1: clear my mind, maybe, maybe a different place, different time. would be mine, I need some space. So give me time to clear up my mind, maybe, maybe a different place.
0: that wraps this week's list of what is on the radar as we move into our next segment of That's The Fave. Kicking off our segment of That's The Fave this week is the alternative pop and R&B confection that is Mars Baby's latest project, Salem. I will not lie, the first time I ever heard the name Mars Baby was last week and it's clear my sleep has been so long that it could be classified as a coma but here I am awake and excited to talk to you about the sonically rich. Listen. So Salem is a 7 track EP that comes in at a brisk 19 minutes long, sonically it is a soothing mix of alternative pop and R&B with a heavy emphasis on acoustic sounding instrumentation. It finds a way of making that classic sound more contemporary with minor chopped references throughout its tracks and despite its tracks referencing both summer and winter, the project really does feel like it was made for spring. It's warm and cool, feels like it's meant to be dominating your playlist during the day on the weekends. Thematically for me, the project continuously alludes to deviance both within a spiritual and a romantic context. Mars Baby views himself as an outcast and deviant within the world he finds himself in. Even just the name Salem is instantly linked to religious. Deviants in witchcraft and the Salem trials of the late 17th century, where hundreds of people, primarily women, were tried for practicing witchcraft or having the devil take over them. Trials which led to over a dozen documented hangings for these proclaimed deviants and outcasts. And within Mars Baby's Salem, you can find similar textual and biblical allusions, even in the language of invoking angels, heathens, chalices, and curses. Salem's mantra even finds him talking about being tied up and held up. He calls himself the prodigal son. So it is within. In this context that I see Mars Baby Salem. It feels like the story of an unwanted outcast who's trying to find himself and some joy within the romance he's having. This love that is so sweet and alluring that he will do anything that person wants. But outside of this love, Mars is a wanted man, and not only is he a wanted outcast, he's dealing with thoughts of suicide ideation. In Angel, he tells us he has a head on his head, and by the time we get to the climax and bones, his face to face with whatever is chasing. him It's love, isolation and war told through the honey-soaked voice of Mars Baby. There are a lot of reasons why Salem is the fave this week from its rich instrumentation and cold storytelling all the way to Mars Baby's vocals. Mance has a warm tenor tone that he knows how to use to sell you these really pretty sounding love songs that sound so comforting but are harboring a lot more beneath the surface. Salem has been on steady rotation since its release and I don't see me stopping that soon. Songs like more summer and heathens are primed for high rotation and I'd really love to see them come alive visually because Mars Baby is a very visual, he paints very visual pictures that I'd really like to see how they would be interpreted both within a live setting and a music video setting so if anything that I've said has appealed to you definitely check out Mars Baby Salem it is available on all platforms and yeah right now it feels like it's going to be one of my favorite alternative records that I've heard this entire year it is that's the fave i don't know what to tell you (laughs) (laughs) and now last but not least is the dsp return of tron pyre earlier this year he gave us a chilled glass of sangria with jpeg that released on hype but now he is back with an r b banger begging for a red light special at a hotel i present to you radison
2: Wait till it when you text me, JPEG. Walmart, you JPEG. Yeah. Face time, want waste time, want spend time with you. Change locations, trade places with you. Oh, Ass is on maxi. Dress like a Fenty, remind me of. <clears throat> rush when you text me. My tank is on empty, but I'll pull up. Go chain on me, dangle. POV with the angles. No strings attached, we got tango. Might flip like a sample if you don't come through. I'm when you text, text me, me J-Pag oh. Walmart, oh. j oh. Yeah FaceTime, will waste time, wanna spend time with you
0: Change locations, trade places with you Yeah Okay, so sir, I have I've, I've a couple of questions that I'd like to get into. The, the one that's like really pressing me is, what is this year's fascination with JPEG? Way to arouse when you text me JPEG. So, what's, <laughs> what's going on in this world?
2: I had this idea for like a project called Everything I Remember. And then initially when I was like writing all the songs and I was working on it, a lot of the songs were named after visual formats. So from the whole titling, like that turned into things that I actually like reference in my actual songs, because Radisson is about a photo. So I end up referencing JPEG because I already had the song JPEG, and I'm just trying to draw that thought of like, whatever I said on the Radisson when I saw that picture. You know
0: what i'm saying was the picture that you're referring to the actual picture that's the cover art. is a completely different type of picture that's a different it, it's not safe for the workplace also <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was that picture that yeah. got you way too aroused yeah i see yeah i see i see yeah. i see look, yeah. take me behind the process of the song because i know you've been recording music for at least a year at this point because yeah. you've been teasing me for a while so what was the now <laughs> that we know the inspiration what what was the actual process
2: behind it as far as radisson like i remember physique and i started we started doing these things like these music camps where we just link for a few days in a week and then all we're doing is just recording music it doesn't matter what it is it could be like a demo you know like it's just ideas that we had so we had a bunch of ideas and one evening he was flipping through um his file where he had like beats that he doesn't use like he played a few i usually just get a lot of ideas every time he plays something so i'm always just like yo mark this shortlist that play me like eight beats before he got to the radisson beat and then when he played the radisson beat i was like yo i really like this just let it play and then I know we had to leave. We went to the garage, whatever we did. And then we came back. When you press play again, I was like, yo, let's stop flipping through beats. I want to do something on this. And then I just started waffling. The hook was actually something that I freestyle. At the time when I'm saying these things, I really am referencing the song JPEG. <laughs> so the yeah. rest of that verse of like Way Too Aroused, it actually references the other song. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it, that that was before it turned into Edison. So I recorded like for at least like 10 minutes. I recorded a lot of vocals and then I chilled and I got back on my phone while physique was just messing around chopping down the stuff I recorded. So he isolated the part of the song where I say the way to arouse. So when he keeps chopping it up, I tell him, yo, I like that, like, can you loop it? He does this thing where he isolated three times and it acts as a hook. So now I know, okay, we're trying to bridge the gap between first hook and the second hook. What am I gonna say? I always wanted to make music that highlights the resurgence of like seduction in R&B because I feel like that seductive element in R&B is very, it's missing nowadays. I like the, the way the drums made me feel. Like it was very grungy, it was very aggressive. But then all the pads that were playing in the back with like Francis um, vocals being sampled, it gives it the smooth feel. So what I do when I'm rapping on that verse is like I try to give every element of the song space. Sometimes I pause because I just like Francis in the back, pitch down, or I just want you to hear the bass every time I say whatever that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like I just wrote a verse that just perfectly blends what I was trying to do and you know gives off that feel. Um, the second verse, I had I had to switch it up on the second verse, you know. I had to like um just sing it out.
0: It was very interesting when I when I first heard the song, I was like, oh, so Tran decided to bring Willie Beeman on the same track yeah. as Tron and, and give it to us in one. Actually, there, there's a lot yeah. of stuff that I really enjoy about the song. Um, I think this is one of, if not your most contemporary and conventional sounding song you've re- released. Thank you so much. Yeah. You, yeah. most of your songs, you hear the hook once or, or, or twice here. You actually kind of got to like sit with it in the way that it ends in terms of you saying you've not entered the Radisson. It feels like the start of something. So it feels like we're actually being entered into this world, which is why uh, I texted you, this isn't your concert opener. We're going to have fights because (laughs) it feels like you're introducing us into this world. So if you are introducing us into a new era, a new world, what is this world that we're being introduced to once you've entered the Radisson?
2: If I had to like give words to describe this world, it's dark, it's elegant, it's aggressive,
0: and it's red. Is that the color for this for this new era? Because the Tempram era was yeah. just silverish, grayishes. Yeah. Your uh, your Pangaea was your dark. I can't call it dark blue, but yeah, night sky. So this yeah. is red. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm. This seeing. is
2: more. It's warm. It's like it's like mirage, like driving down the road into the nighttime, and it's getting darker, but you can still see the browns. We're just trying to like capture that right now. I do feel like the music that we make is very multi-sensory in the sense that it's music that you hear and it makes you feel things and
0: see things. This era um, for you, usually your voice um, when you're singing is very much mid to high register and you're leaning in on your lighter flourishes but when you listen to yeah. both jpeg and Radisson, you're still within your mid register but then you le- you're leading more into a resting place in terms of even the uh yeah. what's bringing in this newfound exploration of the lower end of your voice
2: there's a, there's a lot of things right but when you ask me that what comes into mind is like there's a certain level of command or attitude or swagger tied to that low tone. It's crazy, like, because it happens like this a lot of the times, like, I'll waffle a lot in the studio, sing like my highs, I'll do all of that, and then I'll just do something with the low. And then whenever I'm like with my engineer, like Jack, or I'm jamming with Physique, they always like, yo, 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 that voice, please do something in that voice. I've realized that it's a delicacy of some sort, like where when people hear that low tone, they sit up straight because they're not used to hearing it from me. You know what yeah. I mean? And also the other reason behind it is cause <laughs> funny enough, like um, studio had been hard to navigate because I was going through a lot of like throat issues. So I yeah. wasn't singing the same. So I had to sing like, cause I enjoy singing the highs. I think it's easier for me to sing the highs, but then I had to teach myself to actually sing lower because I still wanted to be in studio, but I didn't want to go too crazy and hurt my throat. I got to a point where I started enjoying it and I loved what it felt like. I love the overall contrast between me going too high and me just being low, and it being grungy
0: and just very, uh, you know. So, it's that, yeah. Is um, was it more so of a thing that your voice is actually going through changes, or is it genuine vocal issues that you were going through? It's what I'm trying to. It ask. is both. It is both.
2: I think because we're because now it's like the vocal care is better and everything. It is both. I think my voice really was going through changes, but I think like um. Prior to all of that, there was a lot of vocal straining that I was just putting onto myself. We do this thing where I sing these songs and we spend a lot of the time re-recording songs because Tron wants to do it differently or he wants to attempt this or, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of that. Like, even with the Radisson, like I re-recorded a lot of the Radisson because after I I made the demo with Zeke, we sent it through to Jack and I was just like, yo, Um, We need to get into post-production here, but I still need to change lyrics and I need to change my voice. Because the idea also on Radisson, as far as a vocal performance, was to make it sound like a different person at different points. The hook on Radisson doesn't sound like the delivery on the first verse, and it doesn't sound like the delivery on the bridging or the last verse. And it also doesn't sound like my ad-libs. Even that was like something I was very intentional about, of like just bringing in all these ideas, but making them blend so well that it doesn't feel like you're veering off too much to the left or to the right. I think it was a great thing to do for me creatively. I needed to do that just to also just familiarize people with all my other voices and alter egos and things, you
0: know? And how are you feeling now that it's
2: out and how is it being received? This is the best reception I've received for a song I've ever put out. Usually I get this kind of reception because I'm putting out like full bodies and EPs and you know, like Pangea was just crazy. Like, but with with Radisson, it's like, it's taking on a life of its own. You know, it's only been like about a handful of days. I'm seeing it a lot on the Instagram posts. I'm hearing people play it. People are quoting it, they're tweeting those lyrics. My friends are tagging me like, yo, we saw some uh, 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 tweet about this, you know? So it's just been very cool to see ideas that I think of intimately or like in my own space in my private time play out so beautifully in the real world, you know, like they're being embraced. And it's funny, like, Um, all the lines that I get hit up about, like, oh, asses on Maxi, what does that even mean? You know, it's like people engaging with the song. Yeah, talk to them, man. It's a maximum. It was fun, bro. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Like, I'm trying to take it all in. Because usually I do this thing where I drop and I just get off my phone and I don't engage. And, you know, but now I'm in the moment. I'm in the Radisson. You know, I'm settling in. You know, and I'm I'm watching everybody come into the Radisson. You know, we're shaking hands at the Radisson. We're chilling and having drinks at the Radisson before the night show. So yeah, it's pretty.
0: So cool. are you going to perform
2: this at the Radisson? Because it only seems fair. We have to. We're trying to pull that together. We have to.
0: But I don't know. Is it, it's a blue pill or red pill type of situation? <laughs> we'll see even though this is technically your second song you've had a very busy year this year from dropping your futures on nate and head over heels you decided with your first song your comeback single to drop that on hype and not actually And it's still not available on any other like social media platform yeah first of all what was the decision behind that and then second of all how has that been for you in terms of when it came out you're talking about how you've been reading hype all this time um since you were like a kid and now yeah. you get to debut one of your songs on that specific platform so yeah what was that whole thing like for you well, wh- what was the thinking behind it and what was it like actually just premiering on hype
2: it was really that and, sh- and shout out to, to hype for actually letting us like deliver music and such an unconventional way in this era. It really came from me just trying to appease the child in me, the child that used to like buy the magazine for the Hype Sessions mixtape. You know, like I wanted to create that, recreate that. I was bummed that it was only available digitally, but then the sentiment remains the same. You go to the hype and then you find the song. Like if you really are a Tron fan or you love the music the guy makes, you click on it for the song. You know, I, I love that because that's what I used to do. You know, I used to just reach for the magazine because there's a CD on there. You know, and every time I played the songs or the music from there, I always discovered people that had my favorite voices. I grew into appreciating South African music through that. In general, I just think I'm the type of person that always tries to keep things different, interesting and exciting. I told myself that every time I put out a song this year, it can't be or feel the same. But we we will put out JPEG, we will put it out. It will be on DSPs, yeah. But for now it's in the hype universe.
0: <laughs> what should we be looking forward to next when it comes to the world of TRON? More visuals, a lot of collaborations. There's been a lot of cool co- collaborations and songs that we wrote
2: um, over the past year or so. Even like around the time we were making songs like Radisson and JPEG, there's a lot of collabs that we made that I'm very excited to share. And I just want to put those out in the right way. But yeah, there's a lot of that. More music, more singing, more blues. You know, like um, it's going to be live. Yeah, I love it.
0: And then if people want to get a hold of you, whether that's uh, as fans or even as people want to like communicate with you, how best can they do so?
2: Link with me, follow me on social media. It's Trumpyre everywhere. T-R-O-N-P-Y-R-E. I'm not too shy about like talking to everybody.
0: (laughs) I see. Then thank you so much for your time. I I cannot wait to go back and press play on JPEG because yeah, it's a it's a not JPEG. Radisson. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I think I'm gonna make that mistake a lot because when, the central line is way too aroused when you text me JPEG. Yeah, Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Let's go. All right. Thank you so much. Thank Have a so good nice. rest of your day, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. Love. That was the 16th episode of All That Yaz. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can do so on my socials, which is Y-A-Z-Z, the student, Yaz the student, both on Instagram and Twitter. You can also do so for the podcast on All That Yaz, which is all that yzz on instagram if you want to submit inquiries in terms of whether you want to get a review preview or an interview you can do so by submitting to our email which is all at yazpodcast at gmail.com we shall be back with another episode very very soon thank you so much for your time and i hope you enjoyed this episode